Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America Wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. 105 at Edmonton. We've heard from Bob Nicholson and Elliot Friedman in the first hour of the show today. Coming up in hour number two on Oilers Now. Uh, agent... Al Wah, one of the, uh, well, certainly from his peers' perspective, one of the most popular agents out there, represents uh, a couple of hitters, Chris Russell, as well as Gaetan Haas. He's got Nico Heeshear as well. And then my play-by-play partner, Jack Michaels. Second hour of orders now is brought to you by Digitex, who wish you and yours all the best during these uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Just before we went to break, I asked on the Ashley Fine Floors text line, Ashley Fine Floors uh, has been providing winning results for over 35 years. Name the two uh, brothers for the Philadelphia Flyers that won cups in 74 and 75 from the thriving uh, metropolis of Smithers, British Columbia, where yours truly uh, worked all down that highway 16 for a number of years. And Andresito uh, was the first guy to answer. We had over 25 people get this right, by the way. The Watson brothers. By the way, Bob, I loved the Pink Floyd open of the show today. That comes to us from Andresito out of Nelson, British Columbia. All right, this is Oilers Now, and we are pleased to be joined on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline uh, by a guy who's been on our show before, um, Al Watt. Al, how you doing? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Well, absolutely. Uh, yesterday, uh, we had Hart Levine on from Puckpedia. It was the first time we've had Hart on the show. He's uh, he's originally from Edmonton, and he's reached out in the past, and we've sort of had a you know Twitter communications over the years. And uh, he did an agent uh, survey, and I I found this interesting. And I'm going to talk to you about a couple things. But you were voted by your peers as the agent that. Uh, you would most like to have represent your son. And uh, I'm sure you got a bit of a chuckle out of that, but I'm going to assume that must mean you're either a really agreeable guy or a nice, we've had lots of conversations before, but uh, hey, there's worse things than uh, to have the respect of your peers, aren't there? Yeah, I mean, you know, yes. uh, First of all, uh, I I appreciate the the poll. Uh, yeah, I, I've been having some inner dialogue myself. Maybe I need to be a little bit more of a prickly personality. I'm not sure, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it's an interesting poll to say the least. Uh, I mean, whenever we have the uh, agent meetings and you put 200 guys in one room that compete feverishly uh, for players, it's always an interesting uh, dynamic. <laughs> I had a, a, and I talked to Jerry Johansson about this today, actually. Uh, his two clients, uh, Milan Lucic, as well as Brent Seabrook, uh, those were voted by the agents as the uh, two toughest contracts for NHL teams to currently have. And I said, Jerry, that's that's a compliment to your work. That means you get your guys great deals and, and you win the debate. Uh, that's one perspective. But, I mean, it just, it, these yeah. situations, and I know you know Jerry, but these situations are fluid with players, aren't they? Sometimes in a long-term deal, 
deal doesn't necessarily work out for the team. And conversely, like Nathan McKinnon in Colorado, you might say somebody should have maybe yeah. drilled a little harder to try to get some more money out of the Avalanche. Yeah, it's a, you know, the, like everything else, hindsight's twenty twenty. Uh, you know, the situation's always different from player to player. I remember Roberto Luongo. Uh, you know, being very upset about his deal in Vancouver and actually trying trying to get out of it, you know, because he wanted to be moved. And uh, everybody was like, well, what are you, what are you talking about? You know, he was still, you know, he was owed upwards of $60 million. And, uh, yeah, those are always kind of interesting concepts. I think, I think a lot of fans maybe don't realize that sometimes players make decisions for other reasons than, than money. And uh, you've seen some teams built that way. You know, you, you go back to uh, the, the successful years in Detroit. And then Lou in New Jersey, I think, used to sell that uh, mantra to a lot of his players. And uh, they kept some guys uh, in, the, in the eyes of most of the hockey world underpaid for a while. Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, and, and conversely, sometimes when your team isn't quite as good, you have to... There's no such thing as a a, a hometown uh, discount. You have uh, Nico Heischer. He's already signed a, a seven-year extension with the Devils. So there's a situation where maybe the team, I mean, he had a success in his rookie year, but it hasn't had the same success since. But he's already committed long-term to that organization. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, hindsight's twenty twenty on that one. Who would have known that you know, this virus is going to happen and the right. cap, you know, I think we're going to have some cap issues the next couple of years. So the timing on that one was great. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, when you have a player that loves where he's at and he's committed to the team, that's a bit easier conversation uh, than, than when guys feel like, okay, maybe I want to revisit this in three or four years. And I think some of the guys in the same boat as Nico, who took two and three year deals, uh, may be regretting that move at this point because, you know, now, uh, we could be looking at a slower, uh, a slower path back from uh, from this virus issue. We're joined by NHL agent Al Waugh. Al, uh, tell me this: How much conversation are you in daily with your guys as to, you know, kind of what's going on? And and uh, we know right now, as an example, the players are are voting on a proposal from the National Hockey League to continue to play. Do you get the sense from your guys that they want to play? Yeah, it's a mixed bag, you know, uh, and uh, yeah, pretty much my full-time job now is sitting in my office and <laughs> and talking to guys and, and trying to explain to them what's going on and what could happen. And uh, I, I think uh, I've heard from older players. I've heard from younger players. Uh, the guys are on, you know, Stanley Cup contending teams want to win a Stanley Cup, but then there's the concern about their health. There's a the concern about being away from your family and quarantine for uh maybe upwards of, of a month to two months. Uh, so all those factors play in. And uh, I, I would tell you right now, based on my conversations with players, that, you know, it's, it's maybe like 50-50 in my head whether they would vote to go with this format they've been talking about. Really? Uh, what would the number one concern be? Is it is it health? Yeah, it's, it's a combination of health and what's going to happen with my family. You know, if... Uh, if you tell these guys, hey, and a lot of these guys have younger younger kids, right? Uh, you're going to be locked up in a hotel for for two months and quarantine. Uh, I think it would be a lot more palatable for these guys if the family could join them. But if it's going to be by themselves, that that could cause some issues, especially in the months where you know traditionally the kids are out of school. Right. Uh, you know they're they're missing some pretty valuable time there. Yeah, uh, Al Wad joining us right now. Regardless of what happens in the short term. Uh, and we know we, in theory, have CBA uh, PSL until 2022. 
it really is going to be incumbent on everybody that works in the industry to work together to get even back to where we were, let alone grow the game, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the the silver lining of this issue is I think it has forced uh, both sides, the league and the union and the players, uh, to to work uh, together. You know, everybody's in the same boat. We're all affected by this, so we all have to find a solution. Uh, you know, I, I think the talks have been somewhat uh, amicable. I think the negotiations are, you know, have an understanding from both sides, like this will affect the game going forward. And more importantly, we got the new TV contract coming up, uh, which is a, a major factor in all of this. Yeah. Uh, you know, when it's a lockout, it's kind of us against them. This is, I'm not going to use the term brave new world. This is a whole new world, though. This is something completely different with a lot of I don't know right now, isn't it? Yeah, and I think both sides understand there's going to have to be concessions uh, on both sides. You know, and, and I think when you're in a lockout situation, uh, it's easier to dig your heels in because uh, you have your goals, they have their goals, and you're just trying to get there. Here, I, I do think that people have to have a little empathy for the other side and, and be a little bit more comprehensive on our solutions so that both sides can move forward. You know, and, the, and I think all four major sports are in the same boat. We're joined right now by Al Waugh from Waugh Sports Group. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers. Now, do you, uh, I mean, you had Heischer, who was the number one pick a couple of years ago. How many kids, realistically, would you have uh, sort of in, going into this year's draft that might be, say, top 40 overall picks or top 30 overall picks? How many guys do you think you have? Uh, I'd say top 40, probably about five or six. Okay. Uh, one of them is right in your backyard. They're uh, Caden Gooley. Right. from uh, He's up in Prince Albert, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. With the, it, you, you have both Brendan and, and Caden. Uh, Caden's probably going right, to be. Yeah. yeah uh, Sherwood Park, Park Boys. Yeah. Sure. So, what sort of like from your perspective, what would be the best case scenario uh, regarding the NHL draft? Do you, do you, I mean, do you think it should be a late June draft as an example when it traditionally is, or uh, you know, and, and is it because it's. I, Obviously, it's going to be a completely different experience than past draft years. You know, you go back to 2017. Yeah. He, he sure went number one, and there was all that talk around him. This, this is something that's completely different. Very different. And, and honestly, I I kind of I kind of see both ways here. Like, there, there's talks about keeping it in June, which to me, uh, the benefits are obviously everyone's done their work. Uh, these players are fresh in, in scouts' eyes and minds. And, uh, you know, we would get it done with at, at the time that's supposed to be done. Uh, the negative is uh, there are, I think, 19 trades tied to the NHL draft this year. Uh, so how do you deal with that? Uh, you know, the, the lottery would have to be changed. Uh, the, the process of, uh, you know, when, when uh, teams would pick and, uh, you know, basically th- that whole, the whole dynamic of setting up the draft if, if it's going to be in June, it's going to have to happen very quickly. Uh, I think a lot of people watched the NFL draft that was uh, done on TV and online. It was an interesting concept. You got to, the, you know, I think it was entertaining for some people because you get to look into people's living rooms and see see what their lives look like. Uh, on one side, probably stressful for the parents of the first round picks. Uh, but then I, I think if you wait till October, uh, then you know you you will have gone months without seeing these players. It won't be as fresh in, in your eyes and your mind for the scouts. 
And uh, but then you'll have a more finite solution to who's picking when and how the lottery's going to work. Well, so I, I'm, I, I, yeah, yeah, I, was I get a say- sense that the teams, the teams who are out of it, the teams, the seven teams that aren't going to be in the playoffs, I could see them wanting it in October or September because it gives them an event between now and when we play again. Uh, if if they don't have that, these guys have really nothing to talk about with their fans until we get to September, October. Yeah, Al Waugh joining us right now. Interesting. Uh, in that survey done by Puckpedia, they discussed the fact that Lou Lamarillo was the toughest general manager uh, to deal with, and the easiest guy uh, or the guy you'd most want to deal with was Kyle Dubas in Toronto. Uh, you, of course, have a connection to Pete Shirelli from your your days at Harvard. Um, but it is, from your perspective, is it? Do you get more by frankly, not not that you're being soft, but just that. You know, you're you sort of build more amicable relationships and sort of instead of more contentious relationships with the potential managers around the league. I, I think the best way to answer that question is you have to, uh, to, I guess, tailor your approach to who you're approaching, and and that's where I think some guys find Lou hard to deal with. But I've always had good dealings with Lou because Lou's a very respectable guy. He's old school. Um, and uh, and he knows his stuff. And you know when, when he has something in mind, uh, he he tries to see it through. But I, I do think that when when agents have a hard time dealing with certain GMs, it's probably more about their approach. There's a way to still be respectable, professional, and get what you want uh, without you know torching the earth. And I do think that some of my brethren uh, just like to torch the earth no matter what, you know. And I don't, I don't see that that's a needed approach. Sometimes you got to get hard. Sometimes you got to get tough. Sometimes you got to drop some maybe four-letter words. Uh, but for the most part, as long as you're respectable, the other side, you know, it's much like a, a fight in the hockey game. You know, you at the end of the day, both guys battle hard and they want to win. But once it's over, you still have each other's respect. All right, I'm going to ask you a couple Edmonton-centric questions, uh, one on the pro level and one on the amateur level. And I'm going to start with Gaetan Haas. And uh, I'd say you moved pretty quickly to uh, get him extended here. Just a thought on uh, the opportunity uh, that is in Edmonton for another season. He's already obviously signed a one-year deal for the 2021 season. Uh, he would have had opportunities to return to Europe. Why was it important to move uh, in his case, Al? Uh, well, the Europe, the Europe piece played a role there because obviously uh, he's Swiss and he's played in Bern for a few years and he always has that option. So uh, we wanted to make sure that, you know, if, if it wasn't going to happen over here, uh, that we could jump on something over there rather quickly. So that, that caused a, a kind of a, an essence of uh, us wanting to get it done quickly. Uh, number two is, you know, the, the sad part about Gita Haas is, uh, when the season ended, he was just starting to get some traction. He was starting to get going. Uh, Coach Tippett seemed to trust him more and more. And uh, then the season ended. So I think we've only scratched the surface there. It's his first season in North America. He's getting used to it. But I've seen this guy over the years in Europe, and uh, he's a great penalty killer. Uh, he's, he's, he's got some offensive skill, which he's had limited you know, opportunity to show it in North America based on the adjustment to the game and, and his role and not wanting to make mistakes. But I expect a big step forward by, by this player next season. That's funny, Al. One of the areas that I think he'll improve the most in his face-offs, because as I recall, when I saw him play in the World Championships, he was a pretty good face-off guy. 
And, you know, he was like mm-hmm. at 42% here. And as a right shot, I thought he might be, you know, like Derek Ryan was, who, as you know, went over to Europe and uh, and then came and played in the AHL, the NHL. And Derek's been around 57%. Uh, Derek Ryan is yeah. a former Alberta Golden Bear. You have Luke Phillip. You got him a contract. It, you'd say he got himself a contract with the Calgary Flames. Uh, Ian Herbers and Stan Marple have Noah Phillip. You represent him as well. Do you think there's there could be a a similar career trajectory for uh, Noah, who's a completely different body type than his brother? Noah's a six foot three right shot center. Hundred percent. I, I think Noah Phillip will get his chance to prove he can play in the NHL. Uh, yeah, he's more of a power forward type. Uh, his brother's more of a skill type of player. Uh, Luke had a heck of a first pro season, and uh, too bad because their team there and uh, and Stockton had a chance to go far. They had a good team uh, yep. to maybe win a Calder Cup, and and I think Luke's knocking on the door to uh, get his, his look in the NHL. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a big supporter of uh, the Alberta Golden Bears because uh, the, honestly, they they always seem to have two or three guys that are worth watching for NHL teams every season. Yeah, excellent stuff. Al, uh, congratulations on being, again, named by your peers, uh, the agent that I'd want my son to be represented by. Uh, and it's uh, always a joy. Hopefully we get a chance to get things started up. And I appreciate your honesty. You think it, it might be in the 50-50 in terms of uh, voting for the players. And I, I find that, uh, I, frankly, uh, it's refreshing knowing that we're not sugarcoating the challenge that might be there. And I think it's understandable. Uh, we'd love to have you on the show yep. again. So uh, we'll reach out again down the road, okay? Thanks for having me, guys. Have a great you- weekend. You bet. That is Al Waugh from the Waugh Sports Group. Uh, Al's based in St. Louis. Uh, he's from the East Coast and uh, played hockey at Harvard and uh, had spent some time with the Canadian Olympic program as well. One twenty-two in Edmonton. We'll take a quick timeout. This is Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It is 124 in Edmonton, Brent Ridge Ford, and Wetasco and focus on your health and peace of mind. Now that the world is finding its new normal, Brent Ridge Ford is clearing out brand new 2019 Super Duties to make room for the 2021s in the fall. Discounts up to 18K on uh, 2019 F350s. There's just seven left on the lot. You got a chance to uh, roll with one of those. You can give Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang a call at one eight seven seven four seven seven thirty six seventy three or visit brentridge.com. All right, we're going to go to a couple texts on the Ashley uh, Fine Floors text line seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Just going to bring Brendan in briefly. Brendan, uh, I think that's your your first. I know we've had Al on in the past. I'm not sure in the last couple of years with you. Uh, pretty honest. Uh, the guy, isn't he? Yeah, I had. Uh, I was very interested in what he had to say there. It's nice when they peel back the curtain a little bit more than we're used to, and why not right now? Everything is so uncertain. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this text comes to us from Terry out of Red Deer. Bob, players worried about being away from their families to win a Stanley Cup is lame. What about our military and oil field workers away for far longer for a fraction of the money? This is ridiculous. Uh, that is from Terry out of Red Deer. Terry, I probably get on average three to five texts per show, similar to that perspective, uh, about being away from the family and, and those sort of things. And, you know, um, your perspective, I think, is one that a lot of people feel. And, uh, I, 
again, I think we all know uh, how special and unique our uh, military personnel are and how challenging those jobs are. And when it comes to the people that are working in the oil patch, uh, and there are some, I, I think there's – now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure there's still people doing like 21-day uh, runs and then seven days off, and other companies have 14 and 14, and that's when they're going. That's when they're up and they're running. So I, I can tell you that a number of years ago in a different industry – uh, we we didn't have uh, days off the first year I started, which was in '86. So we had like 22 straight days, 19 straight days. So we just finished the contract. That's how it was back then. It's obviously different now. Again, you can text us at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Jason from Sangudo says, "When Bob says I planted trees in that town, what I hear is." I know where the tavern or the bar is there. That one comes to us from Jason from San Guto. Uh Well, Smithers has multiple bars, just to set the record straight. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, there you go. Keep texting us. Uh, Jack Michaels is coming up. We're going to get to this day in order's history as well. Uh, but before we do, I want to tell you that all season long, the Oilers now injury report is brought to you by our friends at james h brown injury lawyers when accidents happen go to jameshbrown.com trent brown jim brown and the gang at james h brown they want to wish you the best and to stay positive during these challenging times off to a global news weather traffic update with carrie mccarthy back with jack michaels on oilers now oilers now with bob stoffer weekdays at noon on oilers radio 630 chad